Now wait just a minute. Yes, I really did just put Rebellion and Jesus in the title. Together. But don't let that turn you away from the amazing conversation today. Today, a good friend Chuck is talking about Rebellion and Jesus and how they fit in together. And you're in for a treat. So let's get started. The word rebellious, you know, you don't follow the rules. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's rebelling. That sounds right. Here. Here, we'll just, there we go. I can't handle the competition. <laughs> um, but there are, there are times when sometimes we need to be rebellious. I mean, there are rules. I mean, think about it. You have a lot of rules in your life, don't you? You have a lot of rules. I mean, you have, you have rules at school, right? Like, don't run in the halls. Um, um, they don't have the one that, that we used to have. We, we, ours was one of the, the they took a, a survey of teachers in the, in the late 60s, and some of the biggest problems they had in class were students talking. And I'm telling you, this it was it just blew my mind because it was it was so outlandish. They were I mean I couldn't believe these kids would do that. They chewed gum in class. I know. I mean, and teachers were livid. Okay, I mean that was chewed gum in class. You know, so you ask teachers today, and the list might look a little different. Uh, but in any case. So what are what are some rules that you have in, in school? Don't you? That's a definite one. Okay. All right. You have to ask to go to the bathroom. All right. What's another one? We're required to wear IDs everywhere. We're required to wear our IDs. You have to wear your ID. Okay. Dress code. You have a dress code. Okay. All right. So I mean, just rules galore. And I know you don't have any rules at home. What? What are some rules that you have at home? Breathe air. You have to ask. We'll talk later. (laughs) (laughs) My kid thinks that's a thing. Uh, She has to do it at school, and so it's not uncommon at 10 o'clock at night for Sarah to walk into the bedroom and be like, Dad. Yeah, just go. You're home. Uh, at least you know she's a rule follower. Uh, you know, you, you, yeah, like okay, you have to do your chores. You know, be nice to your siblings when your parents are watching, <laughs> because we know when they're not. All right. Um, you know, there's yeah. I mean, you have you have rules. You have un, kind of unspoken rules among your friends, like, you know, if your friend says something stupid in class, you don't laugh at him as much as you want to, you really want to. <laughs> no, let's go. Oh, no, it's down. I'm laughing. <laughs> They're going to wear it. They're going to own it. Oh, you do laugh? Okay, only because they're your friends. All right. Um, you know, I mean, it, we, have, we have all of these rules. There is no shortage of rules in our life. You know, and we tend to we tend to always 
look at at some of the, some of the rules are are good rules. I mean, like you know, when you're driving, you know, wear your seatbelt. That's a rule. That's a good. That's a good rule. It's also a law. But it was a rule for me before it was a law. So it made me mad when they passed it as a, yeah. I, I drove when there weren't seatbelts in cars. Okay. We did crazy stuff like rode in the back seat. Or we rode all the way in the back of the station wagon. That's like a flat SUV, for those of you that don't know. Station wagon was like a car that was really long, okay. And in the back, we would all sit back there and go on long trips. Okay. So, I mean, so there, but there are, there are good rules. There are rules that, that are there for your safety, okay? But then there are rules that are just kind of based in tradition. I heard a great definition of the word tradition uh, while we were at camp. Uh, Stuart Hall, in one of our leader labs, was talking, and, and he said, tradition is peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. So, I'm just, you know, as I think about it, I'm, I'm just wondering, is it, is it necessarily always bad to be rebellious? Because if you think about it, Jesus was kind of rebellious. There were laws and there were, there were rules that he very strictly adhered to and followed. But there were a lot of laws that were just based on traditions that, that made people feel comfortable, especially the religious leaders. And he rebelled against those in the sense that he said, you've heard said this, I say this. And it ticked off the religious leaders enough that they started making plans to kill him. Okay. And so Jesus would look at, at some of those traditions and go, why do we do those things? Why, you know, what's what's going on with that? And uh, so I want to take a look at a, a passage of scripture, and it's found in, in John chapter 13. And just to, to this is near the end of Jesus' ministry, in fact, very close to the end of Jesus' ministry, because they're celebrating the last Passover that, that Jesus celebrated. Okay. Um, now Passover. Those of you who know, just quick history, um, remember that the, the, the children of Israel at one time were in Egypt, and then they got they went down there to escape famine, um, settled there in Egypt, and then became slaves to the Pharaoh. All right, after the, the, the Pharaoh that they went down there went, yeah, you know, he, anyway, God sent Moses, you probably heard him, watch that movie, you need to. Uh, God sends, Mo sends Moses to uh, lead them out of, of Egypt, okay? Whole chain of events, we won't go through all of that, but the, that, the last thing that God did was he says, I'm going to kill the firstborn in every family, of every family, of every animal. The only way that you can escape this judgment is to put the blood of a lamb on the lentils of your, the doorpost, okay, the top of the door and the side, okay, looks a lot like a cross, but that's a whole different subject, um, and the angel of death is going to come through, and when he sees the blood, he will pass over 
that house. So they escaped that judgment, by that, and so and it was that that was the final straw that the Pharaoh said, "Leave, take all your all your people, all your animals, all your possessions, everything, and get out of here." And they left Egypt and they, they, they began the journey of becoming a nation. Okay, that's what they were celebrating at Passover. It's a, it's a great, it's a beautiful ceremony. Um, so anyway, in this, in this passage, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world, to go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He knew this was the last day. For Jews, the day starts at sundown. So when the sun goes down, that's the beginning of their day, the next day. Okay, so they're celebrating Passover in the evening. All right, so going on. So he knows, he knows, and Jesus knows what's coming. He's been telling them all along what's going to happen. So he knows what's going to happen that day. So they're celebrating Passover. This is the last time that he has with these guys that he has lived, walked, done ministry with for the past three years. Men that he individually called these his bossy. This is his team. This is his crew. This is the people that he is closest to. He calls them together in this room and they're going to celebrate this incredibly important meal together. And it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In other words, he knew who he was. This wasn't a oh yeah, I might I might turn this thing into a, in, into a God thing. Jesus knew who he was. Okay. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And that doesn't sound like, you know, I mean, I know some of you have this kind of aversion to, to feet, because they're, they're back then you think feet are nasty today back then they didn't have leggings they didn't have crocs they had maybe a thin piece of leather that they kind of tied on their feet and they didn't have sidewalks and they didn't have pavement and they had donkeys ever been to a place but they don't have outhouses for animals on so they just kind of go wherever they go so if you're walking you're walking on stuff okay let's just say so if you think feet are nasty now back then they were nasty all right and so it was customary if somebody came to your to your house that you washed their feet. But this was a job that, that a servant would do. This is a job that a slave would do. This is a job that the newbie would do, okay? 
the lowest person in the pecking order of servants, the one that, that gets all of the nasty jobs, that's, that's the person that is the foot washer. Okay? So you can imagine, they have been following Jesus as their leader, as their rabbi, as their spiritual mentor, as their Messiah, the returning king. something that the lowliest servant would do. And they're like, wait, what? It goes on. Well, before we get there, there was, there was kind of a rule back then, not a written rule anywhere, and, and it, it, it is persistent and it, and it lives on today. And that rule is only do what you have to do. Just do what you got to do to get by. Right? I mean, if minimum wasn't good enough, it wouldn't be the minimum. If D wasn't a passing grade, they wouldn't have it. I, I have a friend that, that I've known for a lot of years, and, and, and he would do something, and I'd go, oh, you know, he'd do something for me. i go, oh, thank you, Matt. He goes, oh, no problem. It's the least I can do. And you know me. I always do the least I can do. <laughs> you know, and isn't that kind of our mentality sometimes? I just want to, you know, if it's not something that we are passionate about, I want to get by. I just want to do what I got to do to get out of here. Alright? And that's kind of what, what they were dealing with back then. You know, and unfortunately, it's become, it's become kind of the normal thing that that's, that's what you do. That's, that's kind of the rule. You just do what you got to do to get by. Jesus says this to them. He goes on, he says, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. In other words, I acknowledge that I am your teacher. I am the Lord. Jesus knew who he was, like it says before. He knew who he was. He's God. And yet, he says, and you recognize that? I recognize that. Okay? He says, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I say, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, Jesus set an example. He did not set the template. He did not say, this is exactly what you need to do. So, good news for you. You don't have to go to school and creep your friends out by washing their feet. Okay? Because you, you would. They would probably call security, um, and, and you probably get in a lot of trouble because people would go, that person, 
set an example of service. You see, you need to flip the script. Because Jesus didn't have to do this act of service. He didn't have to do this thing. He chose to do it. Now, what would that look like in your life? Because it's going to look different in your life than it does in mine. What, what would it look like for you to do something that you don't have to do? Maybe it's as simple as Since the rule is only do what you have to do, I want to encourage you to be rebellious and break that rule. And find ways, simple ways. Start out simple. Don't, don't make it some, some big flashy thing. Just do something simple. A really good opportunity. Shameless plug. somebody that you don't even know. And let that be the catalyst. Let that be something that, that maybe sparks something in you. 